Hello and welcome to Switchbacks, a travel podcast where we reflect on our year visiting all 59 U.S. national parks. Whether you are planning to visit your very first park or you bleed gray and green, we're here to share our insights on exploring, understanding, and loving America's best idea. Thanks for tuning in. Today we'll be chatting about how to choose between the pricier activities in the national parks. Are you seriously just tracking the Blues game? It's not even on, is it? No, the Blues game isn't on. I was trying to find the Cardinals game. Oh. You guys, yesterday, no, last week, Thursday, I went to a Cardinals game. It was the worst game I'd ever been to for the first seven innings. And then the Cardinals came back, tied it up with a home run in the bottom of the ninth with two outs, and won it with a walk-off grand slam. And you almost left. I almost left. I was standing at the gate really... right across from the metro station, ready to check out once they got that final out, but it never happened. That would have been so funny. I yeah. would have made fun of you for the rest of my life. I would probably. have cried and cried. Cole, you're almost done with school. Are you so excited? Yeah, man. I This year has gone super fast. Um, it's a two-year program, so I'm basically halfway done. All I have is five finals and a final presentation and it seems like a lot right now but in three days we will be on our way to Michigan. Yeah we're so excited. I know we've talked about this on all of our channels on Instagram and everywhere else and here I think already but we are going to Michigan for a little national park site road trip um, through Indiana Dunes, Sleeping Bear Dunes, Mackinac Island, which is not actually an NPS site, but it used to be, and then um, Pictured Rocks and Apostle Islands and St. Croix River. So we, we're going to hit five national park sites in like six days. No, like seven days. I'm so excited, though. Yeah. And you think we will stop by St. Croix River? Huh? Oh, I've, I've routed it. Really? Okay, as, good. As well as I've crowdsourced um, some hikes to do. In a place called the Porkies, which <laughs> is what they call the Porcupine Wilderness. I think it's Por- Porcupine Mountain State Park okay. in, up in up in the Upper Peninsula. And we're going to do some hiking. And I've gotten some awesome recommendations for hikes. So it's still early enough, guys. And we fly by the seat of our pants. So if you hear this podcast and um, shoot us any other suggestions you have for Michigan. And we'll try to hit them up because... You know, we're looking, still looking for some good hikes to do and, you know, little unique side stops. So we've, we've seen the best, we've got, we've heard the best place to get pasties up there, which apparently is a thing we have to do. And, um, a couple of other fun things. So hit us up on our social media if you have any suggestions and you're, and we haven't left yet. (laughs) Yeah. At Switchback Kids, Instagram, Twitter facebook too um i'm i'm super stoked i have to i can't believe i have to slog through finals first but i also do love being back in school i can't deny that i'm a big nerd um i can't deny that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know it's just like this time i actually get to learn stuff i i enjoy and i can really see myself using all of it um so anyway let's get to our topic for today yeah we're gonna start with a little bit before nice try try to try to (laughs) skip over the the quiz here cole uh before we get to our topic which is a fun one i think it's going to be a helpful one for everybody speaking of money in the national parks and spending in the national parks we're gonna get to a little bit of parks in the news dun 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 okay so when i was looking up the parks in the news today and i was looking through a lot of the recent articles about the national parks a lot all these states are coming i guess post tax season maybe i don't know why but all a bunch of states are coming out with the economical economical impact yeah is that the i mean economic impact economic impact (laughs) thanks of national parks on their specific state 
So I'm going to share with you the state. No, I'm not going to share with you the state. <laughs> I'm going to share with you the the amount of money that, that the national parks have. And this is national NPS units. So all the NPS units, all the historic sites, all the monuments, all the national parks um, in that state. And I'm going to share with you the name of one park or site. And you're going to have to come up with the state. Okay. Pretty simple. Yeah. But I tried to be tricky a little bit. Okay. But these were the, the numbers that I could find. And no cheating this time because you cheated last time. It was an accident. It was an accident. <laughs> okay. So, but That's what first... I tell my professors. <laughs> no, they're strict. They kick me out of there. Okay. No one cares. All right. <laughs> so first, the, the, the economic impact of the national parks brought totaled $34.9 billion for the national economy. Now, how that breaks down by state. Here is, first I'm going to start with an easy one because this one, this state, I think any every single site that I would say is so obvious to this state. It has, it, it contributes 300, and, its parks contribute $394 million dollars in 2016, it contributed um, to the state economy. And before I give you the state, can you even try to see what I'm getting at here? Um, it's a very all of the. I would guess Utah. They're all they're all cultural. I mean, Ooh. the names have a cultural meaning. Okay. To this state, they have a not very many different letters oh. in them. Oh, yeah, Hawaii, probably. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. clue was going to be Valor of the Pacific because yeah. that was the only one that did it, <laughs> which is where Pearl Harbor is on on uh, Oahu. Anyway, three. that's your easy one. Hawaii, $394 million. Wow. Okay. Next is this state. This state's national parks contribute $186 million. And one of those is Fort Vancouver National Historic Site. Okay, Fort Vancouver. I would imagine it's up, you know, across from Vancouver in Washington. That's what I'm gonna say. Washington. Close. No. Oregon. Oregon. That's right. We were right by Fort Vancouver. Uh, were right? we? I think so. I don't know, but when I was looking at these, of course, there's Crater Lake, and then all most of the other sites they have the word Oregon in there. Yeah. There's like Oregon pipe cactus and Oregon. Or no, that's no, that's way down south. That's not an Oregon. Well, there's Bingo. Oregon caves and a couple, uh, like two other ones with Oregon. There's Columbia River Gorge. I think that's one, right? Is it? Uh, I thought it was some type of unit. Okay. But anyway, I tricked you. But there's definitely the Lewis and Clark National Historic Park, which we went to. That's true. I was gonna. Say, I actually thought about saying that one, but I didn't think I would trick you. No. Okay. This Man. state, going back up to the multiple millions, multiple hundreds of millions. This state, um, this state's national parks contributed three hundred and seventy-seven million dollars, including. Missouri National Recreation River. That's what it's called. Huh. And we went to this site, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that makes me think it was Montana because that's where the Missouri ends and that is where we went to the Missouri to see the headwaters of Missouri. So Montana. It's actually South Dakota. No. I hope I'm getting these right because some of the sometimes when I say them it doesn't sound right. But you guys can fact check me and call me out on it if I'm not right. But I'm pretty sure it's it's in South Dakota, and most of that is probably contributed by Mount Rushmore, of course, and the Badlands. Okay, next state going up and up and up in numbers would be 722 million throughout the sites, including. Fluorescent Fossil Beds National Monument. Wow, you really picked some well, obscure of ones. Of course. Out of the bottom of the barrel. That's mean. <laughs> We're sorry, Fluorescent <laughs> Fossil Beds. Okay. We love you too. So Fluorescent Fluorescent Fossil Beds. Um, Cole, you're the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to say Arizona. Well, we know it's a lot. Uh, so something's contributing a lot of money 
something's drawing a lot of people, spending a lot of money. So my guess, and it's fossil beds, uh, the whole southeast was covered in a big shallow sea, so I'm guessing Arizona. Incorrect. Think think a little, think same plateau, <laughs> same Colorado plateau, well, yeah, slightly, maybe, I don't know, anyway, it's Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> Bad clues. Okay, one more. Man, I've never heard of that one. I hope it's not one of those national monuments that's actually run by... I don't think it is. I think I looked up NPS sites specifically, but there are some national monuments that are actually run by, like, the U.S. geological something. Okay. Okay, last one. Ready? Ready. All right. Appomattox Courthouse National Historic Site. 1.0... Oh, sorry. I didn't say that. $1.06 billion to the state. And one of the sites is the one I just said. Yeah, I should really know this because it's the famous place in Civil War history. Uh, embarrassing. It's obviously somewhere in the southeast. Um, and I'm going to say uh, Virginia. You're correct. Yay! Good job. You got one. No, I got two. You got Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> because all of the letters or the words have only K's and W's. Yep. And H. H's. Yeah. All right. Good job, Cole. So speaking of transitioning now from the money in the money that people spend in the national parks to how to spend your money in the national parks. We're going to talk a little bit about weighing your options. So what to do when you're trying to stick to a budget. Because let's be honest, who's not trying to stick to a budget? Yeah, we got to get those numbers down. Most people are trying to stick to some sort of budget. But you also want to do it, you want to do it up big. You want to really experience the park. So how do you choose? Because you're not there every day. So some of these trips are once-in-a-lifetime experiences. We knew, as much as we wanted to say otherwise, that we would not be back at a lot of the places we went to last year. It was a whole year of new places and 59 just national parks. So we're not going back to 59 in our lifetime, unfortunately. Yeah, and we, we did come across this a few times, especially at the big parks. Um, you know, the helicopter tour of Grand Canyon that we could have done. The, you know, the Even in Hawaii volcanoes, the volcano tour that promises the lava waterfall <laughs> and all the things you see on the brochure in the airport. Um, you know, whitewater rafting in Yellowstone and all of those big sort of um, sort of hyped up activities. Yep, yep. So, yeah, we knew that our decision was going to be different than most people's because of the nature of our trip being a full year long, visiting all types of big parks at once. We wanted to look at what big adventures are just required to do in these parks. Yeah, because that ruled out, you know, if we wanted to do these big things, but some some parks, some of the other parks, you actually had to do the big things in order to get there. So, like you you can't knock you can't go to Lake Clark National Park in Alaska without taking a bush plane. So that meant that when, maybe when we were in Wrangell St. Elias, we didn't really have to do the flight seeing tour because we knew we would get a lot of that. Same with the ferry ride to Dry Tortugas. That meant, you know, probably don't need to take, you know, a cruise or a catamaran cruise in Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. So that that really helped us narrow down what are the big adventures we want to have versus what are the big adventures that are required to even visit the national parks. But some decisions were a bit tougher. Um, enter Alaska. Yes, Alaska. We we knew we'd never be there again, at least in the same way, uh, visiting just parks. So we definitely made some expensive decisions, concessions on our budget, if you will. Yeah, I believe Alaska was about eight thousand dollars. Is that yeah. pretty accurate? Which which our whole trip was less than twenty four thousand dollars. So. <laughs> 
It's a, it was obviously a very, very big chunk, a third of our trip. Yeah, so we're talking about two Alaska National Parks this episode, and the first one is Glacier Bay. So this was our first Alaska park. We drove straight through from St. Louis to, I guess we went through Kansas City. Yeah, we had a wedding yeah. in Kansas City. So we really, we drove straight though from Kansas City, Missouri to Skagway, Alaska, which was about 48 hours, Yep, I yep. think. About 48 hours. It took us a good five days, I'm sure. Um, slept at a lot of Walmarts. <laughs> Slept at a lot of overlooks and pull-offs along the Alaska Highway. Um, arrived in Skagway. So you kind of have to, it's kind of funny because you have to, you go into, the United States is kind of split up. Like Alaska is split up by Canada, but by where you can drive to. So we had to, we drove into Skagway, so crossed over the border to get down to Skagway. And then on our way to the main Alaska area, we actually had to go back through Canada and then into Alaska. So Alaska is just really interesting and hard <laughs> to, to navigate. But how we chose to visit Glacier Bay, drove to Alaska, took a ferry from Skagway to Juneau, and then Juneau to Gustavus, and then we got to the campground at Glacier Bay National Park. So that is how we chose to visit, but there are a lot of ways that you can see the park. Yeah, and the ferry was only, it was a public ferry. That's a big way that they get um, get around in Alaska. I remember thinking on the first day we were there, we were like, dude, this is the public transportation in Alaska. Like, what are their national parks going to be like? Yeah. <laughs> like, this is public transportation. It was so beautiful, the the um, the ferry from Skagway to Juneau especially. Mm-hmm. It and it's not like a ferry, like the one we took in Belize, to go from the little, you know, an hour to like the little island. Boat. Yeah, it was basically <laughs> a speedboat that they crammed way too many people this in was essentially the bottom of. This was a cruise ship, essentially. Yep. Very, very big and comfortable, and it had movies, and it had concessions. It had a big, um, like a big cafeteria, actually, with a lot of food options that you could purchase, and then um, really comfy seats. And the one of them on the way back actually had a shower. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Because that was the one that a lot of people were taking all the way from, like, Seattle, probably. And they were camping on board. I don't know where they started, but I've heard you can do that. Right. Anyway. Well, since well, since you got into that, I want to mention that the ferry in Alaska is a super not just a, a cool way to get around from, you know, one parking lot to another, but it is a great way to see the whole inside passage. Because um, you can Definitely. get you can get in. I think it's Prince William or something like mm-hmm. that in Canada. Um, so drive up there, get on the ferry, and you can go all the way up to something like um, I don't know Valdez or s- something really along the Gulf of Alaska. Um, and that just seemed so cool because you were um, you would get on the ferry. You could like. We saw people, young kids, hanging up their hammocks on the deck or putting their tent up on the deck, and you could just camp right on the top of the deck for free with your um, ticket, and you could get off at all of these little towns that you wouldn't be able to reach otherwise. So you could get off, you could get back on later, um, and just get a whole, like, cruise uh, slash yeah. backpacking trip in one ferry ticket. Yeah, essentially it's it's like a cruise but better, right? So And much I cheaper. I think so. And probably much cheaper. I guess not better because you don't get a bed or anything. Right. <laughs> so but I'm you sure can, people appreciate that You about can cruises. also book tickets with a bed. Like they had rooms in they the did have rooms. bottom. Anyway, it's a really cool option and alternative. But speaking of cruises, that's how... I think it was like 90%. 90. It's like 90% of people visit Glacier Bay via cruise ship and never set foot on land in the park at all. So they go and they cruise around the bay and they see the the glaciers, which of course we did not get to see. And that's, I'm sure, an unforgettable thing. 
but at the same time i really like the way that we visited anyway other yeah. couple other options you can you can fly in to gustavus we did not do that of course because since we had our car we you can um let's see you can stay in the lodge which mm-hmm. we chose to camp instead you can do a whole lot of activities like kayaking there's a day cruise that goes out at the lodge um and just a lot of different options on how you can see the park so we decided that we were going to save money here spend money there and narrow down our options to how we were going to spend our money basically. yeah it's it's a balancing act so how do you decide that balancing act first you really just have to determine your goals uh, we knew we wanted to see wildlife. We wanted to see the bay that Glacier Bay was situated on. Uh, we wanted to hike around, go to some ranger programs. So we... then, you know, then you look at which of those things can be accomplished for free or fair. And this is a pretty a pretty standard formula that we followed for a lot of parks. So this isn't just specific to Glacier Bay. But then, you know, we looked at which of those can be accomplished for free or nearly cheap. And those were would be ranger programs and tent camping. And we bought groceries and ahead of time and, and brought them to the park. And then, of course, hiking is free. And then you look at what's left. So we wanted to see the bay and we wanted to see the wildlife. We had a couple options. We could have we could kayak ourselves, which is it was a hundred dollars for a double kayak for the day. We could take the day cruise to um, to the glacier which was $205 per person from the lodge. Then, okay, so of those two options, we thought about the rest of our trip. What was the rest of our trip going to going to look like? And we were already planning on taking a day cruise in Kenai Fjords, which would have been, we felt like would have been similar, wildlife and glaciers. And we weren't kayaking for the rest of our trip, so we determined we were going to kayak here for $100. There is also a kayaking tour you could do. We saw some people getting um, led around by a guide in their kayaks. I would say just like do it yourself because then you have the whole, I'm sure it's cheaper to rent it yourself. You have the whole day to, you know, explore where you want to and you can just read all that information that they would tell you in the visitor center. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure some people are would be a little more nervous about it though. Because I, even I was, the the um, tide is really strong. And there's, if you're going to, what we did, we kayaked around the Beardsley Islands, which is right off the lodge. And we went, I guess, clockwise around, we were going to go clockwise around the islands. And the ranger, or the, the uh, kayak guide, before we took off, said, make sure you get to this point by this time, or you won't be able to go through. And then you, you would have to go all the way back around. And so we were kind of taking... Well, you got to explain that a little more. Uh, So the tide, (laughs) when the tide comes in, there's plenty of water to go around the Beardsley Islands and make a circle around to get back to where we started. When the tide goes out, it's a huge, drastic change. No, I said that. Uh, It it wasn't (laughs) clear to me. And then basically you can't get through the back section of the circle so you would have to go all the way back around Yeah, the water wouldn't for, be high enough because it'd be too low for the next you know six hours or something and you i mean at that point it's dark and you're stranded out there um so so of course we got a little bit nervous and start you know we were making our way around and we were probably only about halfway and i felt like we weren't going to be able to get around in time so we ended up just turning around and going back but and that was actually that was a big fine. fight that we had, if you remember. Yeah. I am trying to downplay it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> I always. <laughs> there are certain times in the trip that um, we, when we look back on them, we remember just how mad we got at each other. Um, and, and we never get mad at yeah, each other anymore. Right. But, uh, <laughs> no, I, as you could probably imagine, I really wanted to go for it because I thought we could make it around the circle in time. Elizabeth thought we couldn't um, because she's a soul crusher pessimist. Um, I'd like no, that because, on a t-shirt, please. <laughs> because she's 
possibly the more realistic one. Well, maybe. But um, we barely even made it back in time as it was. We barely made it back uh, in time because we had to call the yeah, kayak Yeah, because we were exactly guide. on the opposite side. That was my whole point is that we were halfway around. Okay, let's not open up this wound. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so when we decided to kayak, we, um, we had it in our heads. We were just going to stick to it and not sway. And, you know, we talked to a bunch of other visitors who had taken the day cruise and really enjoyed it. Um, and we had considered like, oh, we're here. Like, do we, we have to do, it's called Glacier Bay. We're not even going to see any glaciers. But I think we're really glad that we stuck to our decision. It was really cloudy and rainy the whole time we were there. And so it wouldn't have been great weather. We, we saw the best wildlife of the whole trip on this kayaking trip. Totally. So we were seeing, I know we've talked about this in a couple other podcasts already. The one podcast, the, the podcast that was about our best wildlife encounters for sure. Um, but we saw f- whales fully breaching out of the water just at like a couple hundred yards from us, not very far at all. We saw a bunch of bald eagles. We saw sea otters floating on their backs along the tide, like the rising tide around us and um, yeah and they would be motoring like they well they weren't motoring at all actually they were just like getting swept by this tide because going back to it it's such a drastic change um because there's a whole expanse of um basically shelf that is the bay that is at the same depth so when the tide goes up it's a drastic change because all that water rushes into the back of the bay. When it goes out, it rushes out. So we were going there when it was rushing into the back and all of these otters were um, just flying by us, Yeah, which and is really cool. We saw harbor seals. No. Sea lions. Sea lions. I think we yeah. saw both. I think it was okay, just, maybe just sea it was lions. definitely sea lions that popped up right in front of yeah, our kayak. Yeah, that popped kayak. up right in front of our kayak. And we saw whales just like pretty much right under our kayak and freaked out because they told us that, we, you know, they can't, the whales can't see your kayak. And so you just have to kind of look out and make sure you're not right on top of them, which is, they were huge. I mean, yeah, so gigantic. they weren't, they weren't breaching super, super close to us. They were breaching pretty close, but where they would be, um, what's the word where they just come up and they show their fins and dive back I down don't know the words. and then they f- like flip their fluke up and that one's um, called a fluke. Yeah. Yeah. Do and then their breach. fluke dance, the fluke dance. Um, yeah, so we are really glad about how our situation worked out. We had, I guess we had three days there. On the first day, we were hiking and did the a bunch of ranger programs, which were also really awesome. We heard a lot about the history of the park, and we heard a talk. There was a special event at an evening program of the author of the National Geographic like official centennial book for the national parks. The author is from Gustavus, Alaska, where Glacier Bay is, and he gave a little talk at the at the Glacier Bay Lodge, and so we got to attend that too. So the the free ranger programs were really cool. There was a lot of hikes around the visitor center that we went to. Um, yeah, and on our third day, I guess we pretty much we went on a hike in the morning and left. So we had three days there, but or two and a half days there, but they were pretty filled up. Oh yeah. And I would still definitely, definitely go with the kayaking. Like, I would not change a thing. That was, it was just one of those experiences where you're out in the middle of this vast wilderness, seeing this wildlife literally teeming all around you. Oh, we saw bears, too. Yeah, bears and bald eagles on the on the coast, the whales, sea lions, sea otters right beside you. Um, just uh, like surreal, something I never really thought uh, actually happened. Yeah, right. And it was one of those times where we thought this is exactly what everything we could have hoped for Mm -hmm. from from our year-long trip. Like these are the experiences we were looking for. Um, And it wouldn't have been the same. Uh, Had we seen all those same animals, it wouldn't have quite been the same on a cruise with a bunch of other people. 
totally true and because it was like we were almost discovering it ourselves yeah. we never knew like there wasn't a tour guide to say call out and say hey look at this thing uh and a bunch of people to fight to get to the edge of the boat through um it was all right around us when you're in a kayak it's all so close um that and you're just all alone too there weren't there were a few other people kayaking right real close to the dock, but for, you know, 80% of our kayak, we were all alone. Um, and to, you know, to just experience, especially the breaches, and just be like looking at each other like we cannot believe this is happening. Yeah, that was literally and without magical. any other people around. Um that was one of my favorite moments of the whole trip. Yep. And we got video of it too. So check out our Glacier Bay video on switchbackkids.com. Yeah, a nice little plug there. And Are there any other highlights we want to talk about? We did we the camp I really liked the campground. It was free. You just needed to go get a permit from the near adjacent to the the Glacier Bay Lodge. Um, Hanging out in the lodge was pretty cool, too. We had dinner one night and kind of just hung around when we got tired during the day. Um, The campground, yeah, the campground was nice. It was right on the water. You did have to go out to to the rocks to cook and eat. So you couldn't, because of the bears, there's no food allowed anywhere near your campsite. Um... So as long as you follow those restrictions. And then the, let's see, the ranger programs. And like we said, that author talk was really cool too. And one thing, since we're talking about doing it cheap, um, that we haven't really talked about before uh, on any podcast or episode or anything is getting from the ferry in Gustavus to the to the actual national park, which is a little bit of a trick that people don't really think about. So you dock on the ferry, and then the park is still ten miles away or mm-hmm. something. So we hitchhiked into the town of Gustavus, and then because uh, there are people going back and forth uh, all the time, especially when there's a drop off of. Um, uh, supplies yeah supplies and or people, something from the ferry the, when the ferry comes in yeah so we hitchhiked into town and then from town we were able to pick up the the bus that runs to the lodge and back so that really worked out for us if you're not comfortable hitchhiking i still think that bus comes all the way out to the yeah dock. i think we could have yeah. just gotten the bus or in the first place and we just getting didn't back really, yeah yeah getting back to the dock we just took the bus all the way yeah. back from the lodge. We just told them when we were planning on leaving, and they said, okay, be out, be outside with your stuff at this time. And um, it didn't cost anything. We, we kind of thought it would cost something. or um, Anyway, it was just like an old school bus, and it was super easy. They are totally cool <laughs> picking us up. They are totally we... cool dropping us off. Don't spend money on a taxi. Right, definitely not. I don't think we actually mentioned or gave these prices but the ferry if you're curious if you're curious it was $59 per person from Skagway to Juneau and then $44 from Juneau to Gustavus and then back was the same way so it was I guess $100 $200 total right is that am I doing math right yeah for both of uh, for both of us yeah of $200 for both of us round trip where of course the flights are much much more expensive than that yeah 196 technically but who's counting you apparently no I'm not kidding Uh, just joking it's not 196 it's not yeah good math it's 206 um anyway that's we've danced all around uh glacier bay so let's hit our next one yeah let's talk about our finale at denali denali um we wanted to go out with a bang it was a little bit of pressure like driving up to denali because it was our last national park out of 59 we had been on the road for a year and this was the completion of our mission oh i felt the opposite of pressure really because you can drive there yeah the, yeah what i felt pressure was flying from lake clark to katmai national park because that i knew once we were in katmai that was our last fly in fly in park 
So what we we I knew even if the flight was delayed back from Katmai to Anchorage, our car was waiting there to take us to Denali. We we left six days for Denali, which is double <laughs> that we spent in most of the other parks in Alaska, and so we had plenty of time to explore the park, even if our flight was ma- majorly delayed. So I felt the pressure getting to Katmai because that was our fifty eighth park. Anyway, well, the pressure I felt was just like, how do we encapsulate this moment? How do we not just document it, but also live it to the fullest? Because it's a it was a huge moment, and it was like your expectations have almost been built up to the point where um, anything you do is just kind of uh, un. Um, uh, undeserving of that huge moment. That's true. <laughs> yeah. It was hard. We really, yeah, we really wanted to make it a final, you know, exclamation mark on our trip. And in order to do this, we, what what I feel like our strategy was slightly different here. Um, we, we kind of put those maybe cheaper adventures, we, we really just held them higher in our minds and I think if you do that, if you shift your mindset, that makes it a lot cheaper. <laughs> that makes your trip a lot cheaper. If you go into a trip thinking, okay, I'm not gonna, it's not going to be fun unless I do all these guided hikes and I, I do all this rafting and I do all this horseback riding and all these other things. If you can say, okay, the number one thing I want to do is hike this trail, you're going to be so much happier. <laughs> you're going to be so much more satisfied, I think, that if you hold up in higher esteem, your cheaper, those cheaper adventures that are still big adventures. I think that shift in mindset is really key to, to, um, being able to prioritize your spending. So for us, the the biggest thing we wanted to do was camp at Wonder Lake. That was our biggest thing that we wanted to do. Wonder Lake is the furthest back campground in the park. It's the furthest back part, part point on the road in, into Denali. Um, and we wanted to camp back there. It's a cheap adventure. <laughs> it's only $16 per site per night. Plus, I guess, plus, I think I wrote, plus a $6 transaction fee, one-time fee. Plus $34 for the camper shuttle. But compared to the $47 per person uh, shuttle, that's the Wonder Lake shuttle, tour Mm -hmm. it's even it's much it's even cheaper than that so that itself is a good deal because if you go to denali and don't even take any shuttle into the back i think you're You're, sourly missing out yeah really you're not even going to see the mountain i mean there's not really a chance there's one point where you can drive to on your own but with that much distance between you and the mountain there are almost certainly going to be some clouds that can get in the way. You're too much of a cheapskate if you <laughs> if you go to Denali and don't take a shuttle to the back of the camp of the or at least at least as far back as you can if you as far back as you can swing it. Yeah. Um. So at anyway, least to Ielsen, compared to that, and we know cheapskates. Yes, we do. That's true. Compare think uh, with that in mind, the thirty four dollar the camper shuttle is the cheapest shuttle. And it goes all the way to the back of the park. You, there are there's specific color. They're green. So you can hop on and hop off. I don't know what that means. You keep holding up numbers for me on your calculator. 40 minutes. Why are you calcu- Why is it on your calculator? That doesn't because. make any sense. <laughs> okay, this shows us. Okay, I don't care. 100? Okay. All right. <laughs> so Wonder Lake was probably the biggest thing in our heads going into Denali. Right, and... There are a lot of other options. There are. You can basically go anywhere in the park and backpack. So you can take uh, the the shuttle um, and get off anywhere along the road and start walking into the wilderness. Yeah, and I was talking about there are other options when you're visiting the park that people maybe, like, you know go after which are a little more touristy you know you can raft you can go mountain biking you can do all sorts of guided tours you can do a flight sing tour you can take the train in from anchorage you can um of course if you're really extreme you can climb denali (laughs) um the tallest peak in north america 
Which we did not consider. <laughs> nope, not for a second. <laughs> um, but all you just you just have to. It, it's the same. It's similar with Glacier Bay. So if if you look at the rest of your trip, we looked at the rest of our trip and we felt like we had already done all of the other stuff we wanted to do. We just wanted to really enjoy get get kind of strip it down, drive into the park, camp in a tent. <laughs> And hike and attend ranger programs. And that in itself is very cheap. And I think that was our biggest priority of how we wanted to experience this park. Yeah, sometimes you just have to be entertained by less flashy things. And um, Denali, let's just say that Denali has all of the flash just by itself. Just by being Denali, having the tallest mountain in North America, having all kinds of grizzly bears, which we would see from the road as we were um, going around in the camper shuttle, and just uh, Alaska, just being Alaska, because Alaska is something else. Um, It just is amazing. And let that be enough. Yeah. Right? And I know that don't, you know, don't listen to us either. Don't let us lecture you and you know tell tell you not to do anything else because of course like we did we did it up huge like we took a lot of bush planes we did the flight seeing tour to um Kobuk valley and gates of the arctic we did a a glacier tour like a um glacier hiking tour crampon crampon tour of the glacier in wrangell st elias we did the big boat tour the the most expensive boat tour in kenai fjords we, we did it up in a lot of different ways. So don't, you know, you have to look at your own trip. You have to look at your own budget and your own idea of what makes an adventure. And to us, this is exactly how we wanted to finish. We wanted to finish sort of similar to, I think, how we started and how we went about most of the trip, which was really bare bones. You know, we slept in our car a few days in Denali. We... We didn't, you know, we didn't spend a ton of extra money. We didn't go out to eat. We, we were cheapskates. <laughs> yeah. But it was a wonderful way to end the trip and, and save on our budget. Yeah. So beyond the budget, there were tons of things that are, uh, that we got to tell you about for Denali. So Wonder Lake, we told you we went there and camped. And the absolute highlight of that whole three days that we were there was the very last morning when we were going to bus out early morning. We got up early. I just happened to get up uh, because I had to go take a leak. Got out of the tent and saw Denali just in all its glory right behind our tent which had been covered by clouds for the whole rest of the the whole you know four previous days that we had been in the park we had not seen it we didn't know where it was in relation to the camp i got out of the tent and bam it was there like no clouds around just in pink because of the sunrise because it was four o'clock in the morning and then that's when the sun rises um just an indescribable feeling really and so we ran, I woke Elizabeth up and we ran around grabbing pictures and all types of things because you never know when it's going to go back behind the clouds again. But the whole mountain range, not just Denali, but the whole range was visible. Um, so we thought about running through the campground banging pots and pans because we were like, you have to wake up for this. You have to see this because yeah. all of our fellow campers had not seen it either because they were pretty much in the same boat we were. That we're on the bus out out to the campground was so cloudy and misty. And then the second day, we actually saw a sliver of Denali. We took a bunch of pictures. We thought that was all we were going to see of it. And then it got cloudy again in the afternoon. And then this third morning that we were in the park, bam. It just like, it just hit us like a ton of bricks. And it was incredible. The anticipation and the dramatic unexpected reveal um, was was what kind of made it one of the biggest moments of the trip. Um, so there was that. That <laughs> made our Wonder Lake stay completely worth it. 
and um, you know never give up on Denali when you're there because you never know when it's gonna when she's gonna show herself. But also like don't rush it. You know as as much as you can be back in the back of the park. That's it's just upping your chances of seeing Denali because on that day, I think by noon at least she was gone again. You know she was so the people that took the the one day shuttle bus tour missed her completely and so by staying in the back of the park that's really the best way the best chance you have of seeing the mountain and for multiple days of course right so that was our whole wonder lake experience going back from wonder lake we also stopped again at a place called uh Eilson. Uh, the, there's a visitor center that's in the back of of the park um, right before you get to Wonder Lake. And that is, first of all, it's a really cool visitor center. It has, it's all about mountaineering. Yeah, tons of park. cool exhibits. It's also like a super environmentally friendly, LEED certified green building. Um, so that's kind of neat in itself just to see how it's built into the mountain, basically. And there's a really neat trail that goes up behind the visitor center where you can get super high up and have great views over the valley uh, that is between you and the huge range that includes Denali. So and That's called the Eilson Alpine Trail, and it climbs about 1,000 feet. You just cross over the road. Um, you, you get off at the visitor center. You just cross over the road and go up the hill, and you'll see the trail up there. Um, but that was one of our favorites. We didn't do too much hiking, I guess, throughout Denali. Um, we did, I mean, we did a lot still, but this was definitely one of the cool ones. Back in the main Denali village area, we went to Mount Healy Trail, which was really cool. Uh, just a, in the front, not really views of Denali itself, but lots of, the, just the front country area. Lots um, of blueberries. That's true. That was a you huge can pick highlight. Bl- blueberries anywhere. Freely, as much as you want, because they're everywhere. There were a lot at Wonder Lake also. And a lot of elk at Wonder Lake. Moose. Uh, no, sorry, moose. It was moose. Yep, definitely yeah. moose. Came right Came through the camp. Right where we were cooking, like into, oh, it was kind of scary because we were like, this is a moose. Moose kill yeah. more people than bears, don't they? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like way more. And it was, yeah, it was pretty scary. It was big. It's like yep. a big, ugly horse. <laughs> and this was a female. This was a female, yeah. Fortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so moose, caribou, uh, grizzly bears, definitely. Um, did we see anything else like elk? Uh, I don't remember. Mostly caribou. Yeah. So uh, plenty of wildlife, if that's your thing. Um, and then one random, really neat event that was going on was the music festival in again the denali main visitor center area the day we were there just happened to have a music festival with um, a resident composer that had come in and gave a talk there were also uh, just random musicians playing throughout the day on the visitor center porch so just really one of those things that you just happen onto and you experience um, because just fate had it that way, and mm-hmm. it was it was a really nice flavor to our visit. Yeah, because we got to go. You know, then it added a lot of the kind of the community aspect because there were a lot of local musicians that were from the Fairbanks and Anchorage and whatever town is around Denali. <laughs> I don't actually know Talkeet. No, not Talkeet. Mm, that's on the way. Uh, this the town right around. I don't know what you're thinking of. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, a lot of local artists, um, and so that was kind of interesting. Just the way that Denali interacts with its community, and it's not just you know a, a tourist destination. It's also this awesome um, resource for the community. So, so yeah. Overall, with our budgeting, I would say just to kind of sum up what we talked about with Glacier Bay and with Denali. Was that when we're when when you plan your budget, you have to know yourself. You have to know what you want out of your trip. You have to think about whether or not you'll be back, or whether or not you'll do something similar to this in the future. Of course, our trip was very different because most people don't visit fifty nine parks back to back to back. <laughs> but 
you everyone's case is unique and so just think about what your situation is think about how you can prioritize some of your adventures and I think overall the biggest thing is just to shift your mindset into thinking hiking is really really cool and it's really cheap or camping or the ranger programs or something that you can wrap your head around and really get excited for and get your kids excited for it and get your friends excited for it because we don't you know most people don't need to experience all of the flashier things in Mm -hmm. the parks and they still you'll still get the full experience of the park so thanks for checking us out today We'll be back next week with a really special interview that we'll actually be able to do in person with some awesome people who we met for the first time in Milwaukee over our trip there. So they're huge National Park fans as well. We're really excited to talk to them. And And they don't even know about it. Yes, so they'll be excited to talk to us, I I hope. (laughs) If you enjoyed this podcast... We'd love for you to share us with a friend, give us a rating on iTunes, or find us on social media at Switchback Kids. And you can always get additional National Parks videos, posts, guides, and more on our blog at switchbackkids.com. Switchbacks out! Including the... Did you see it? No, I didn't. Okay, including the Apotomax. I'm saying that right? Uh, gosh, now I'm going to uh, mess it up. Apot- ap- Apatomatix. Ap- apotom- ap- ap- it doesn't have another M in Apomatix. It. Yeah, I think it's Apomatix, right? Apotomat. No, it's not an Apotomatix. Hippopotomatix. <laughs> it's not a platomatic piss puss. Platypus. Hold on, we gotta look this up. No, we don't. Yeah, we do. No, I we're. I mean, we're editing this out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, ap- apotomics. Apotomatics. A- Apotomax. Apotomics. Apotomics. That's what it is. Apotomics. I'm what telling. Apotomatics. Appomatics. See, I told you that's how it was. Appomatics. Exactly how I said it one of those 15 times.